Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today. I so appreciate you. I am so glad for every moment that we get to be together here on the radio, on podcasts, wherever you might be listening. I'm really, really grateful for you, and I think of you on a daily basis. I've often said, you know, really doing this show is kind of like my guilty pleasure. Yes, it is absolutely a primary part of what I do in business, but... I really just love doing it. I love bringing guests to you, sharing with you, and helping us all advance and thrive in life. There is just nothing better, nothing greater than being able to share with you these amazing people. Today we're talking about a really fun subject. We're talking about no wasted rain. Now, our primary uh, guest today is the author of the new book, No Wasted Rain, Pauline Renault, and she is going to share with us some really great insights into the concept of... I want you to think about that one for a minute. No Wasted Rain. Um, in fact, I'd like to paint you kind of a visual that I hope you will keep with you through this whole entire show. Um... We, uh, a few years back, we took a house, we took a one-story house and turned it into a two-story house. Um, and of course, one of the last things that you do, that was up in Oregon, uh, one of the last things you do, of course, is put the gutters onto the house. Um, and one of the things that we added into that was collection barrels uh, at a couple of different locations um, on the downspouts so that the rain could be collected and then you get to use that really really good rainwater for uh, watering plants or even better yet if you have like a little garden in your backyard those kind of things uh, back in the day they used to actually collect it this is a lot of years ago they would collect it and that would be what they used to be able to bathe and to do their dishes and all of the things they would even collect the rainwater so that they had water to drink um, you know, and so I think back when we didn't just turn on the faucet and we had unlimited, supposedly unlimited supply of water coming to our house, I think we were a little more mindful of the rain and how useful it was. Um, what we want to talk about today is the rain that falls into our life, the emotional rain, the physical rain, the kind of things that even sometimes would fall into the category of abuses that have happened in our lives and how easy it is to, uh, you know, live in a place of anger, hurt, regret, upset, uh, you know, all those negative emotions. And I've said before, and I want to make sure that I'm clear, even right up front here, um, all emotions are given to us for a reason. There are times when absolutely the appropriate response to what is happening is anger. Um, we've seen a lot of that over the course of this last year. There have been some events that have happened that really the only response to it is anger. Now, we all have a responsibility as to how we use that anger. Um, you know, our, uh, I used to, I don't even remember who used to say it, but probably my dad uh, used to say, you know, that your you have unlimited rights right up to the point where your fa your fist touches somebody else's face. Um, and I think that's true emotionally. I think you have the right to have all of the emotions, uh, the good ones and the bad, uh, quote-unquote bad, right up to the point where you are doing something that is uh, abusive, hurtful, inappropriate to someone else. And that's where we need to draw the line. Um, and we've seen that. 
And it's important for us to understand that those the anger needs to not be bottled up. It needs to be expressed as well. When we're sad, we need to cry. And we need to allow those tears to cleanse our soul. So even in the times when we have what has been often referred to as negative emotions, the truth in the matter is, is even in those times, those are given to us. Those are not wasted rain. Those tears that you've cried, I know I've been there too. Uh, times when you just sit all alone and the tears are just streaming down your face. Uh, have you ever had one of those cries? I remember what it's like to cry so hard that you're just convinced you're never going to stop and that you will die. That this, this crying is so severe that it's going to literally be the end of your life. I hope most of you don't know what that feels like, but some of you are identifying, you're raising your hand and saying, yeah, I do know what that feels like. But I want you to know that even those tears that have fallen, they're not wasted rain either. Those tears have served you, sometimes, like I said, to cleanse your soul. They have allowed you to be able to express the things that have needed to be expressed rather than contain and bottle them. So many of us were trained from a very early age, in fact, probably most all of us, um, to withhold our emotions, to keep in check some of those, again, like I said, negative emotions so that we um, are appropriate, if you will, in the world. And I want you to know that whatever you're feeling, it's absolutely 100% valid. Um, and it's okay to express what you're feeling too. Um, and it's all right also to remember that concept of your feelings, you have full rights to them right up until the point where it's your fist on somebody else's face, right? Now, the same is true when we're talking about wasted rain. There is no wasted rain in our business either. The thing that we do, have you ever had that job that was what we call a dead-end job? Maybe it was when you were a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, when I uh, we moved to, uh, to a different church, uh, but still in Indiana, uh, the summer right before eighth grade. And I got a job and worked it every summer until we moved, uh, well, until basically my senior year. Um, and uh, it was detasseling corn. Now, I'm not going to go into the specifics of what that all means in seed corn, but we would walk through the rows of corn um, and pull uh, the shedders, which is where the pollen comes out of. Um, and, and we would work very early in the morning. I got up before the sun came up um, to be able to get to the McDonald's where the bus met all of us at um, so that we could be to the fields. We would be in the fields before uh, before the dew even thought about beginning to, um, you know, to start evaporating off of the corn stalks. And we would work um, until it was, you know, dinner time. Um, and really that week to three weeks out of the year was, uh, you know, it was, that was all you did. You worked, you came home, you maybe ate a little dinner and then you went right to bed and you, and you got back up. Um, now the reason why I liked it was because I could make as much money in that, um, you know, like you said, the first year, I think I worked about a week or 10 days. By the time the end of my junior year, I think I worked for a month or maybe even five weeks, um, but in that time, regardless, I could make as much money in that short period of time as I would make working at a McDonald's the whole year round. But it was a quote-unquote dead-end job. And yet all the lessons that I learned about hard work and discipline and about what you can do to be able to make money. Um, and there are a lot of things. So even in the dead-end jobs that we have, there is no wasted rain. They are there to serve us. Those relationships that have been broken, those things that have happened in our life, there is no wasted rain. It is all there to serve you so that you can live every day of your life. As a thriving entrepreneur, you can overcome and succeed in ways that you never even imagined possible because there is no wasted rain. 
We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. As we talk about no wasted rain, we are going to dive into the personal side of things that happen in our life and what what that means to us and how we can see that as serving us. And then we're also in the next segment going to talk about how we can move from one career to the next, sort of, um, and be able to have no wasted rain in that. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you. Let's jump right into our first interview. Join me in welcoming Pauline Renault. Hey, Pauline, how are you doing today? Wonderful. All right. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, I'm Pauline Renault, and I just published my first book. <laughs> and it was interesting how um, the book all came about, I think. It was something, it was the most difficult but rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And I had never intended or even thought that I would ever write a book. But uh, I had a near-death experience. And at the end of that experience, uh, the next morning I woke up and guess what the universe, God told me to do was to share my story with the world. I had a very challenging upbringing and I think my story can, that me sharing it can help a lot of people in the world. And I think, uh, Steve, my mom shows up. She's there for me. She's there for my sister, my brother, um, even my, my family. She's a support system for all of us. She motivates us on a regular basis. I know with the book and all the years that it took, you know, to get it published and put together, was something inspiring for me. So she shows up in our lives and it's like God being presented to us and she definitely inspires us. So this is my daughter, my oldest daughter, Melissa. Right. And you have your other daughter behind the camera, right? I do. Amy, Amy, step in to say hello. My son lives in a different state or he'd be here. This is Amy. Come on, Amy. Say hi. Wave to his real friend. We saw your hand. <laughs> okay. All right, got the whole family here today. So yeah, tell us. Yeah. I try to be authentic, and in my book, it's, a, it's my true life story. It's uh, part one of part. There's going to be two books, and I share in there how the book came about. Like I just said, I thought that was very interesting. A lot of people ask me, like, I was married for 25 years, and I'm still friends with my ex-husband. And a lot of people ask me, you know, we go on vacation together. They say, um, how can you be friends with him? And I'm like, well, you know, why not be friends with him? And that's one of the ways that I show up. And I hope that helps other people, um, my story, move forward and learn to forgive and use the past The reason why I named the book um, No Wasted Rain, we all have rain in our life. 
but in one form or another, what are you going to do with your ring? You have your ring for a reason. How are you going to, how does it motivate you? How do you use it to help other people? We're all here to help other people. That helps ourselves. A lot of people, I think, don't understand that. They think they're here for themselves. By helping others, you will help yourself. And I definitely show up big time. And I have always shown up that way. Absolutely. So I won't ask you which of your children is your favorite, but um, <laughs> I will ask you this question. What's your favorite part of the book? Um, hmm, that's interesting. My favorite part of the book, I think, um, well, I didn't write how I got the name of the book, uh, the title. The title of the book is, is I love how I got the title of the book. Uh, I was sleeping. Um, I live in North Carolina, but I came to visit my daughter in Charlotte. I own the house here. And I actually was sleeping in the middle of the night. I had been meditating on the name of the book. And in the middle of the night, about 3.30 or so, I woke up with water dripping in my basically in my face. And then it started pouring. And I was like, what is going on here? And I'm like, what's happening? And the ceiling had been leaking for the first time. And of all places in the house, it was literally leaking basically right into my face in the middle of the night. I happened to be asleep in the bed. So I was like, rain has to be, water has to have, has to have something to do with the title of my book. And then uh, that was Thursday night. Then Sunday, uh, you know, and I asked for a confirmation. On Sunday, the pastor preached on wasted rain. So there's no wasted rain. Some people think, oh, let me forget my past. Sometimes you have to visit your past to understand and to move forward. I think a lot of people try to patterns that we have in life, decisions that we make are all based upon our rain in life, the rain that we have. I had some serious patterns and uh, I realized those patterns really wasn't a part of who I was. Uh, in a way, there was patterns that I had I had developed, fears, you know, in the past. And writing this book was definitely a huge fear of mine. When you read my book, you will find um, education. I grew up in the rural South until I was 16 years old. And education then, it just lets you pass. You know, I talk about, you know, integration in, in the school system. I was one in 57, but it wasn't enforced until I was going to the third grade. So I share that in my book. You know, I share a lot of things in my book. Um, some funny things in my book, you know, my sisters, we used to stand on the porch and pretend to be Diana Ross and sing. And my older sister, she was the boss. So she had to be Diana Ross. And the other sister and I, we had to be the backup singers. <laughs> And I love that story that's in the book. There's some funny things in there, just serious, some serious things in there. But, uh, and at the end, there's things that I think that people can get a lot of um, uh, benefit out of, ways to support themselves, you know, in the book. Mom wants to do a little shout out, Aunt Robin. Aunt, Robin's Aunt Robin from Jersey. Rebecca. Hello. Oh, my cousin Rebecca, North Carolina. Oh, they're all over the place. Deborah. Oh, Deborah from the UK. Okay. Uh-oh. Hello, Deborah. Yeah, in fact, Deborah says, I really like the way you turned your experience into such positive lessons and the way you share your story is so powerful. Um, Nanette oh, says, so proud of you, Sharon. Love you and oh. the girls. Uh, Nanette says she's happy for you. Hearts from Robin um, and hearts from uh, Dems, uh, Dems Elizabeth. So people are listening. They're excited about your book. We've all been looking forward to it. Um, you know, without getting too much into it, what was the hardest part for you, uh, you know, to share in the book? The, hard, the, the book was very difficult. Like I said, it was the most difficult um, thing I've ever done. And I was told to write this book seven years ago. 
And with Corona last year, you know, I was in the middle of writing it. See, you know, you're the publisher. It's been a couple of years. And I would just, just, it was very difficult just reliving, reliving a lot of those things and understanding. Sometimes not only reliving, but understanding where the people that hurt us the most, where they're coming from and what their life was about. That was very difficult. My grandmother raised me and um, it was very challenging for her. And it wasn't until I was an adult, and I talk about that in the book, when all of a sudden it was like a flood that come back to hit me about what she had gone through. And that was very difficult for me to think about, to think about her and to think about, you know, when she got us, when she got us, she was in her late fifties and all along my grandfather passed. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine doing that. I'm 63 right now. And I can't imagine someone giving me <laughs> three little kids to raise and just writing, living the story again and being truthful but being fair and understanding, that was very difficult. And some things I didn't realize, honestly, until I was writing the story. Some patterns I didn't realize. Um, and understanding, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So it, you, it talk about, you talk about it in the story that you experienced prejudice not only, I mean, there was obviously a lot of it during that transition time of school, but you also experienced it there at home. I mean, what was that like? I didn't understand that. You know, my grandmother, there was three of us. And a lot of times uh, people have things in their lives that they're dealing with. Everyone has things that they're dealing with. Sometimes you don't know how to deal with them. So you have to have an outlet. So my grandmother, I was her outlet a lot for her to use. And my grandmother, since I'm lighter than the other, my other two sisters and my grandmother, she, my color was used against me. And that goes back to slavery time. You know, in slavery, they pitted the, the skin color of black people against each other. And my grandmother was born in 1902. She would have just had a birthday. May 2nd was her birthday. And I said, she would have been 119. And as strong as she was, I'm surprised she's not here. <laughs> she lived to be 98, God bless her soul. And, um, but she used that against me ever since I was a young child. Um, she called me something that wasn't very nice, uh, a yellow, whatever. And uh, it's in my book. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, I knew it wasn't something good, but it was, I was like, you know, she used to tell me, you think you're white. You think you're white. You're not white. You're no better than any of the rest of us. You're the same as the rest of us. And I thought, well, yeah, I am the same. Although I thought different, but that's what made me always wonder, you know, why I was different. So I think I understand. A lot of times I think people, when it comes to race, they don't stop to understand someone else's point of view. And that was something that my grandmother definitely used against me was my color. And I didn't realize until I was writing the book that it was prejudice in my own home by my skin color. Of course, when I we went to school and they integrated the school in the second grade the teachers told us um you shouldn't be here why are you here and we're not going to teach you and they did things and all of this is in my book um about uh you know black black people they used our skin color against us and at home my grandmother did as well I think that was the easiest thing and the obvious thing for her to use was that I was light. And I think that goes back. If you think about it, 1902, uh, she was just one step out of slavery. Her grandparents had to be slaves. 
We was born and raised in uh, Southern North Carolina, um, near Wilmington. And she had to be just one step out. So I can't imagine that was used against, you know, back in slavery time, they used that against them. They used that to keep the slaves divided. And there's so much, and I didn't want my book. My book is not only about race. I didn't want to, you know, we have that right now, huge in this country. And I intend definitely to speak on that some more and um, other things as well. But that's one of the things because to me in your reign, you're always given the reign. That's what I want people to understand, to stop and look. Why did this happen in my life? So by me for being prejudiced in my own home, I know that was a big thing for me as a child. That was a huge thing in my house that was used against me. There was times, Steve, when my younger sister and I would come in from the juke joint. You might not know what that is. <laughs> uh, a little one-room place that you go dancing and what have you. And there was times that when we came home, sometimes I guess my grandmother wasn't having such a good night. Well, she would get up and unlock the door and tell my sister, you can come in. She says, but you yellow bitch, you're going to sleep on the porch tonight. You're not coming in here. So, of course, where we grew up, there were snakes that crawled all around. I wasn't going to sleep on the porch, but there was chairs out there. So I would sit on the porch and I would wait until the morning. They're going to get up you know, and open the door. But that's just one thing. I talk a little bit about that in my book. Um, that's one thing that I share. And my grandmother was a wonderful woman and I don't want people to think that she wasn't. We all have, all of us have things that we're dealing with in our life. And sometimes we may lash out to people that we love or in our life, the closest people to us, just because we don't have anyone else to watch out to. Such an amazing book. The book is called No Wasted Rain. Um, you can get it today for free. I just posted the link. Yeah, there's a copy of the cover. You can get the ebook today for free. Pauline, before we go real quick here, just give people um, one step, one little tip that they could do today um, to not waste the rain that's fallen in their own life. Um, understanding, understanding the rain. To understand the rain, you'll find in whatever your rain is. It could be abusive husband. It could be a challenge at a job or why you can't keep a job. In the back of my book, I give you tips on what to do. One of the things that I like to do, I like to write a grateful list. Even the small things. Everyone, a lot of people talk about a grateful list, but they talk about huge things. I like to start at the small things. Sometimes when I'm eating, I have a delicious meal. You know, I'll say a prayer before the meal. Sometimes I'll stop in mid, right after I take a bite, a couple bites, and I'll say a prayer again. Um, I think that helps people to look at the good things in life is to stop and to see. A lot of people want now, everyone wants to be um, a certain place in life. But if you stop and realize and be grateful for where you are and what you have, there's so much in life that you can do. And in your reign, write down the things in your reign, the patterns, how do you think that affected you? Because unless you understand the patterns, how can you work on those patterns or see, maybe that's not my pattern. You know, maybe my father was someone that didn't like to spend money because of the way he grew up. He could have grew up in a depression. You know what I'm saying? So if you stop and look at these patterns and to jot them down in life, this is another list. This is a list that I, uh, you know, suggest that people do in life, the struggles that you've had and tear it up, have a little ceremony with it, mm. get rid of it, burn it, bury it, do whatever you have to do. Let the dog eat it <laughs> instead of your homework or your 
your work, <laughs> let them eat that list. But you keep the grateful list. Mm. And try to write that grateful list every single day. Every day, the small things. Sometimes I'm home alone and I got my television and my crime shows and I'm still in a bottle of wine. <laughs> And that goes on my grateful list <laughs> before I start drinking. <laughs> and I enjoy that. Uh, and there's a lot more tips. Declutter. Declutter your home. A lot of people hold on to stuff. You're holding on to stuff? Declutter. Clean out. Give, give to charity. Those pants are never going to fit you again. And if they do, they'll be out of style. <laughs> declutter your space that declutters your mind. So good. Again, the book is called No Wasted Rain. You can get it on Amazon for free today. Um, Pauline, if somebody wants to go deeper with you, do you have a place that they can connect with you? Uh, yes, I will be having, I have a YouTube channel and I will be setting up a website. So Perfect. right now, if someone wants to go deeper in my Facebook, just contact me there or YouTube and I definitely will go deeper and share more with you. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to make this a bestseller. I'm excited for everyone to be able to go and download. Please go and download this book. It's a free copy to your Kindle. And we didn't price the paperback copy. It's $9.99. I wanted everyone to be able to reach out and get this book and share it with someone else as well. And make sure you pay close attention to the back um, of the guides in the book because they'll definitely help you. I guarantee you that. Well, Pauline, thanks so much for joining us today. And both of your daughters, thank you, Melissa and Amy, both for being here with us too. Um, and uh, we'll go back now and reply to all these comments and, and all that fun stuff. Thanks, yes. everybody, for being with us here Thank today. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody. I hope that you will take the things that have seemed like wasted rain in your life and begin to perceive them differently, to see those things differently, and from that to hopefully show up in a newer, better way that uh, serves you better, to reclassify those things as things that were done to serve you so that you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take in there our next break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven, we've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve, reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now, what are you waiting for? Grab a pen, here we go. All you gotta do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com, Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. In the first segment, we are talking about the wasted rain in our life, that there is no wasted rain, that some of the greatest hurts, the abuses, the things that we suffer from or did in our life, they aren't wasted. Now we want to move on to business. The things that dead-end job, that first career, that first thing that we did. And we want to talk about how those kind of things can really then move in to things that can still serve the public with all that we are and all that we do now. 
To do that, I've got another great guest to help us be able to really look at the fact that even in our business, there is no wasted rain. Join me in welcoming Mark Ritter. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about you and what got you to this point in your life. Sure. I am currently the the CEO of Member Business Financial Services, MBFS. And also we have a division, New Direction Lending. And uh, kind of our niche is credit unions. And uh, we are a credit union owned company who help out small businesses. Uh, I got into involved with credit unions about 20 years ago uh, when, when there was some regulatory changes in Congress that allowed credit unions to help out uh, for business loans and, and started up a, uh, a department at a credit union kind of from scratch and we really built it to a powerhouse. And then about eight years ago, I, sw- I, I, I switched roles uh, to being CEO of a company that is owned by credit unions. And, and we work with about 75 credit unions today, all spread throughout, uh, helping out with uh, uh, of our, their small business loans, their vehicle loans, their commercial real estate needs. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we find is that, you know, a lot of people love credit unions. They have those relationships uh, in their backyards. Maybe they've had them for years but they don't consider them for their business needs. Uh, And they kind of overlook some of the nicest, friendliest relationships uh, in the country. So credit unions, yeah. I mean, I have one that I'm a member of. Gosh, I guess I've been a member of it for almost 15 years now. Um, Even though I don't live in that same area still. (laughs) Um, So what's different about financing through a credit union than just going to your regular bank? Sure. You know, really, the the answer to that question is twofold. And the first thing is, you know, a lot of people like yourself have credit union memberships. You know, a third of Americans have credit union memberships. Uh, But when you look at what a credit union is, it's really a not-for-profit cooperative that's controlled by the members for the benefit of the members. And really that philosophy on kind of how they, we do business uh, tends to permeate through the organization uh, because, you know, we're here for the, the stakeholders and business owners. Uh, we can provide a lot nicer and better uh, service. It's the nature of what we do uh, for, for maybe anybody who's kind of gotten the car loan or some areas, other financing through for their personal needs. Uh, it's really that same piece that permeates through for helping you for a business. Uh, and, and then, you know, really a credit union is, is there not for profit. Um, it, you know, they do make a profit, but they're really there for service. So when, when you work, sit down and work with somebody from a credit union, uh, it's much more of kind of a win-win philosophy and, and really look to try to minimize costs. Um, be, because of that, of that philosophy being a member-owned cooperative, uh, where maybe, you know, what, so I, I won't name names, but when you go into some of the mega banks or super regional banks, uh, you know, sometimes that relationship isn't quite as equal as it is uh, when, when you might consider a credit union. So when I go in as a business, um, are there different things that they look at for my business to get it funded than would be, you know, other places? You know, one of the things to think about is we're still a federally insured financial institution, Uh, you know, so we can't hand out money to everybody who we think just to be nice people and and not sure if they don't think they can pay it back. So we still, you know, have to show that. But, you know, one of the things that you, where you really get the benefit is uh, take like yourself uh, that you're, you've been a member of a credit union for 15 years and you're shown yourself to be a valuable and credit worthy person through that relationship. That helps. Uh, the other piece that I really, uh, why I always joke and said I'd get fired if I, if I went and worked for a bank and probably the first week 
is you can you you also are able to access people and decision makers and let them understand your business and understand the story of your business uh, more than more than some other financial institutions where where we're not just lending in a box we're lending to people who who have uh, you know that they've invested their life into businesses and growing their business. And, and, and you're really, you know, you're trying to help them and trying to make the loan where, where you could go in and meet the CEO of the organization who's going to help make the decision on your loan. Or, or we're going to take that consideration. Uh, you know, maybe you had a bump in the road, um, which, you know, this year, many of us have had a bump in the road in our business uh, where, where, you know, at a credit union, you can sit down and they can talk through that story. Uh, and that's that same philosophy from, you know, like I said, for many of people who've gotten a mortgage or car loan, where they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and understand your business and history, uh, and not just lend uh, based off of a formula. So, you know, I go to my credit union, and I talk to them about a loan. And you know, I mean, there's the paperwork and all that kind of stuff. But what you're basically saying is, is that I can then say, hey, you know, but I think I have a special circumstance. And in that particular case, because I know a bank wouldn't do that, they would actually potentially listen to what, you know, what the special thing is. Uh, we, we do that in, in the normal course of business. Uh, it, it, it's a relationship-based business and it's not just... Uh, fill out a form online, upload your financials, or hand me your tax returns, and put in a machine that spits out a number. Uh, you know, we are people making decisions about people in the community, and, and that cooperative spirit of the credit union really shines through. Uh, and 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 many credit unions uh, that that credit unions are not a homogenous industry. Uh, you know, there are credit unions that are specifically uh, uh, religious affiliated and they, many of them, they lend to churches. Uh, there's different credit unions for different industries. Uh, there's lower income credit unions that really will help the story and, 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 and search for, to help out financing for people who can't normally get it. Um, so there's a big, you know, it's not just that there's one type of credit union. Credit unions as a whole are a big industry uh, that, that can really help a lot of the people. If you're, uh, you know, we do uh, over $10 million loans to the cream of the crop and people who could get a loan anywhere. And I've seen us do vehicle loans uh, to the smallest of the small for people who need that extra help and everything in between. Well, you're painting a really great picture of it. So let's, um, let's be sure to... Uh you know, talk a little bit about what, what is the downside? What are the things that people come in expecting and then you just still can't help them? Yeah, it, it, and that's always the toughest part because we're, we always look at it looking for a solution. And sometimes you just, and, and I always say this, financial institutions are, are kind of like restaurants where sometimes you go for the best, fanciest restaurant in the world and you expect certain things. And sometimes, you know, you hit the drive through at McDonald's where you want a cheap burger uh, in, in 30 seconds. Um, so, so really, sometimes you have to find that institution that fits your needs. Uh, so you can't just walk into one credit union and say, geez, I want a loan. And if they say no, credit unions can't help me. Uh, because maybe there's other restaurants that can get your appetite uh, the way that you want it done. Um, so, so, you know, our institution, we, at, at our company, MBFS, you know, we work with over 70 credit unions. And many of them have different credit boxes and criteria uh, all trying to help, or maybe they all kind of fill different niches. So, so sometimes it, it's not that, you know, and, and we see this with people sometimes who they go to a bank and they get turned down. Well, maybe that just isn't a fit and they don't do what you want to do. And that's probably the biggest mistake people make. 
um, there's, there's usually, you know, in nine out of 10 circumstances, if not more, there's the money to help grow your business. We just have to find that institution that fits with, with the life cycle of your business and, 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 and they have the products that meet your needs. So, you know, don't, don't get discouraged if, if you, and, or maybe you have a credit union that's a member uh, that you're a member of and they don't have business lending. You know, they don't quite offer it. Well, you know, we, we work with institutions all over the country where we, and we try to help match people up with a local institution that fits your needs. So, um, you know, that, that and we see that whether you're working with a bank, credit union, uh, somebody online, you know, don't get frustrated. Uh, there's people out there who can get you what you need. All right. Well, so let's help the people who are going to contact you, I'm sure, to try to get some money. What is the best things they can do to get together to um, successfully get a loan for their business? Sure. And, and the first thing that we always tell people is to have an honest assessment of your business and know uh, what, if there's things about your business where you've had some rough spots or things go on in the past uh, where maybe it's not perfect, uh, understand that and understand where you're at. And sometimes that's sitting down with your lender and asking for an opinion and, and having that conversation before you talk it through. Uh, maybe you, you have a, a friend who's an accountant or, or just taking a good hard look at your business saying, where am I at? And if I was uh, a lender, where am I at and who am I? And being prepared for those questions that, that you can bring up uh, because it's much easier, uh, you know, if, if we address it on the front end and unringing the bell of, you know, if there's some, if there's some bumps in the road, we're probably going to find them at some point. So let's be prepared and understand your business on where you're at in, in, in life cycle. And, and, and we could work towards and find a work towards a mutually beneficial solution. All right. Well, I know there's some people that are going to want to contact you and see if you can get them some help financially, how would a person get in contact with you? Sure. The, the easiest thing to do is our website, www.mbfs.org. Uh, and, and we do a wide variety of small business loans where we do some fast, quick, and easy. Uh, we do SBA loans. We do commercial real estate loans. We, have, uh, we do loans for residential uh, investors of, of real estate. Uh, maybe you have just some, some rentals. So, so we really take a, a large breath. And so hit us up on our website, mbfs.org. Uh, we're also very active on LinkedIn and love to help, help you out. Uh, so member business financial services on LinkedIn and myself, Mark Ritter. Uh, we, we love to connect with people on there. And if they're not currently a member of a credit union, you can help them get a credit union membership as well? Absolutely. You know, but I, I remember my father, uh, you know, back when I was younger, talking about the credit union, where, where his credit union was a little corner of the factory that only was for the people who belonged to, to his shop. And, but, but today's credit unions, uh, you know, it, we can help you get matched up with somebody who's lending and can help out the businesses in your air with business in your area and, and you're able to join them as well. Well, perfect. That's mbfs.org. Absolutely. Mark, I appreciate you so much for spending some time on the show here with us today. I appreciate the opportunity. Hopefully we can help some people out. If you have banking needs, Mark is there to be able to help you out. And he takes that experience that he gleaned from when he was helping the credit unions know how to finance businesses to now help your business get financed. What a great way to be able to take the career that you had before and have it really shine in the new company that you're having now. There's lots of those kind of things that all of us have in our life, and I really love seeing how it plays out in each and every person's life.
we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. And just like that, we've reached the end of another amazing episode. Um, I'm so grateful for Pauline for her book, No Wasted Rain, for Mark for all of the financing, the ways that he's helping small businesses. I appreciate them being guests here on the show today. And I'm grateful for you, for getting to be able to spend some time with you today. I feel like every time I get to this point, I'm uh, Carol Burnett singing the I'm So Glad We Had This Time Together song. Uh, those of you that are as old as I am, you remember the Carol Burnett show. And uh, as I pull on my earlobe to say hi to my mom, I want you to know how much I do appreciate our time together. And I really do hope that you will take some time today to look at the things that have happened in your life. I know some of them were very, very difficult. And some of them, the people that did them, I want to help. I want to make sure that you hear me say this doesn't make it right. The offenses that have happened to us, um, you know, some of them are people who just don't know better, like Pauline was talking about with her, her grandmother. Some are people who, you know, there are just people in this world that they're evil, they're not good. Um, and each of us has people spring to mind. And uh, But I want you to understand that I'm not in any way excusing those kind of things that may have happened in your life, but rather giving you permission to now live today versus in what was defined in your past. Whether that be a past business that you had, maybe you were a superstar in the last company you worked in, and now you're just getting your feet up underneath of you. Uh, maybe you're even beating yourself up because it's like, you know, but I did so good at that company and now look at what's going on. In whatever thing, that story you're telling yourself, I hope that you can reevaluate it a little bit today. You can look at it and you can say, you know what? That was good rain in my life. I think about it, you know, it's, it's May now. Um, and, uh, in Oregon, I used to always say April showers bring May showers, which bring June showers. Uh, now that I live in Southern California, um, you know, we have a little bit of rain in April, uh, sometimes in March as well. And now we're into May and the sun is out shining and the birds are singing. And I want you to look forward to that in your own life. I want you to see and feel the refreshing of that rain, to see the green grass that's growing in your own life, the flowers that are blossoming and the birds that are chirping. Because, yes, that rain fell. And in some respects, in some incidences, it was awful. It was horrible. And I wish I could take it away from you. I can't. Just like when you get stuck in a, in a rain shower. For those of you that have ever been to Florida, um, and, and of course those of you that live there, 
Um, Florida has the most amazing kind of rain. Um, when it rains in Florida, it, it gets serious about rain. Just like in an instant, you'll go from bright sunny sky to, um, you know, to just torrential downpour to the point where all you can do is try to carefully move your car off to the side of the road and, and park un, until it's over. Now, the cool part about it is, is this typically only lasts about 10 minutes. There's some exceptions, you know, obviously hurricanes and things like that. But during that time, I mean, it's not unlikely for it to be raining so hard you can't see beyond the front of your car. Um, you know, and if you're out walking around, um, like when I was in Florida, the, yeah, this is a lot of years ago, but um, when you're in your when you're out walking around in it, and that comes, uh, you know, you're soaked. You're just drenched immediately. And sometimes events in our life are like that, where you're walking around bright sunny skies and then boom, you're just drenched with rain uh, from head to toe. But then I want you to see that. If you're standing there now, maybe you're even standing in the rain, I want you to know the sun still shines. The sun is going to come up. It's going to dry your clothes off. It won't be long before you won't even remember. You'll probably even be kind of wishing and praying for a little bit of that rain. Not the bad things in your life, but just the refreshing coolness in the days that are too hot. I want you to really look around in your life today and see those things that have seemed like it's life raining on you. And realize today that there is no wasted rain, that it has served you. It's helped you to grow. And now the green growing blossom that is you, you can even say thank you to the rain that came in your life. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, you're here on this planet for a very specific purpose. You are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world does need you. We want you around too, but we need you to be the best you you can be today. To maximize while it's called today as the you that is you right where you are right now with all the rain that's fallen on your own life so that you can shine as who you are so that you can live as a thriving entrepreneur in everything that you do. Make the difference for the people that you're meant to serve, for the people whose lives are changed just simply by being in your presence. And on behalf of those who may never tell you, thank you, I want to thank you for you showing up in this world as you, the amazing precious gem that you are, that makes such a difference in this world, that shows up as you every day and as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you're happy, safe, warm, and loved, and that you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve,
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You